Welcome to the Minnesota Beer Cast, Minnesota's number one show, number one broadcast podcast for all things beer. I am Drew. That is my co-host, Schmitty, my best friend in the whole world, Schmitty. That's me. <laughs> How you doing? Good, man. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. I heard his feelings right before the show started. I don't and have I feel feelings. Bad. I don't have feelings. <laughs> I used to, and then I buried them deep down where nobody could touch them. Because <laughs> of people like me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right when you open up to me, yeah, I scar you. Uh, fun show today. I'm very excited. One of my favorite guests, one of my favorite breweries, John from Modest is here. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. No, shucks. Favorite. Oh, I love you guys, man. You're... He says like everybody that brings some beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't be too flattered. <laughs> We're going to catch up with, uh, with what's been going on Modest. A lot of cool news, a lot of cool things to promote. And then a little bit later in the show, uh, we got a couple segments that I recorded. I did a little road trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the 4th of July and checked out a, uh, a bunch of breweries and some wineries and some cideries around southern Minnesota and even dipped into Wisconsin a little bit. And we're going to bring you a couple of those interviews in the uh, second half of the show. We're going we're gonna to stop in at Karst Brewing, K-A-R-S-T. Uh, they're in Fountain, Minnesota. And then Maiden Rock Cidery in Wisconsin, just uh, just uh, just outside of Stockholm, Wisconsin. There you go. So that those those were really fun little stops. It was a fun trip. So I'm looking forward to uh, to bringing you those interviews. Did you record all those live on location? I did record them live on location. <laughs> nice. I'm looking <laughs> forward to I it. I was live when I recorded them <laughs> and at a location. <laughs> I can't wait. The debate rages on. <laughs> Very good. Well, let's dive into it with John from from Modest. You've got uh, all kinds of stuff happening. At Modest, John, why don't you give us your, your latest developments? Yeah, uh, just like um, in typical Minnesota fashion, we try to pack everything into the last few weekends of summer, which oh, is dude, still weird to say. How was it the last <laughs> few weekends of summer? I know. It's, oh, it's sick. It's brutal. <laughs> oh, it's it's going to come down to fall again where it's like, let's do everything we can before the snow yep. comes. Yep, before <sighs> we have to start sh- shoveling. <laughs> yeah, it's man, I don't know how it's like the end of July already. Yeah, time evaporates. <laughs> We're right around the corner from the state fair. Oh yeah. Yep. Speaking of which, we have a uh, we have our state fair shows booked yet, Drew. What are we doing? Uh, I believe uh, I don't know if it's confirmed. Confirmed. Oh, but we just tease. We have something right. in the works. Well, we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, did we talk about it on the show last week, or was that during your break? No, let's just say we got stuff bubbling up. Let's yeah, we just, got we got stuff bubbling just up. Just tease it. We will be we will be, be at the at, fair somewhere. At the fair somewhere. In some capacity. In some capacity. You may just have to come find us like drinking beer somewhere mm-hmm. and talk to us. Mm-hmm. We'll and be we'll loud. Give you You'll be able to find us. One on one Minnesota beer cast. <laughs> <laughs> live on location. The, exactly. be the fair, we'll be there live on location. <laughs> that'll be the fair gimmick this year. You yes. get your own personal Minnesota beer cast. <laughs> <laughs> so John, you guys uh, are are f- fermenting in uh I guess wooden vessels now. Yeah. Yeah, we uh we expanded in um uh, in November, we bought these new uh, fooders. Uh, it's a basically a giant barrel. Uh, it's a twenty barrel barrel, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, twenty barrel barrel, <laughs> comma barrel. Right. Um, it's um, it's sort of uh, what what Keegan refers to as a new school uh, brewing techniques uh, using old school technology. So we uh, we bought these fooders from a company in St. Louis called uh, Fooder Crafter. Um, they uh, it, it's kind of sweet because they're traditionally uh, they've been used for like beers such as like uh, Rodenbach Grand Cru, one mm-hmm. of my favorite Flanders Reds. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the Lips of Faith series uh, for, out of New Belgium, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. is fermented in these. Um, but they're just giant barrels. Um, ours have they are kind of cool because they're actually temperature controlled. Um, on the inside, there's a glycol uh, loop. It looks a lot like a uh, wort chiller if you're a home brewer. Sure. Um, basically, just uh, able to control temperature within the wood and not relying on the ambient temperature of the brewery. Is is that does that make it? I guess non traditional to the super like traditionalist i guess i mean i suppose it, it would if you're the the guy who i, I love grand crew i mean <laughs> what's the what's the uber beer geek gonna say uh probably that it it, uh, it allows us to be more consistent and uh i don't know if the uber beer geeks is gonna really like anything that we do anyway <laughs> what's as we're sipping on uh uh, a sour with uh, passion fruit, uh, raspberry, vanilla beans, and uh, <laughs> right. and it's a kettle sour, so it's not a, a mixed firm uh, like a traditional, like a Flanders Red would be. So, and walk us through, you know, the the I guess the difference between fermenting on wood like this and fermenting in in a steel vessel. Um, so the the steel vessel, it wouldn't the the vessel itself wouldn't impart any flavors. It's uh, from, you know just because it's stainless steel, and mm-hmm. that's the point. Um, with mm-hmm. the wood, uh, it, it has these, uh, these kind of charred, the insides are charred just like, a, like an oak barrel would. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're getting, uh, some of that char flavor, a little bit of that, um, the, uh, I always mispronounce it, but the van, vanillins, mm-hmm. uh, vanillins, vanillins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you're getting some of those characters and then the wood itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's a, in, in a, in a beer like the, the Grand Crew, which we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, um, from from Rodenbach is is the the character of their wood is going to be a little bit different than this, right? Sure, because I mean, yep. they're um, you know you said this is a, a kettle sour. Yep. Is correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't their their fermentation process is a more traditional mixed culture, right? Where they've yep. got that um, that wood really inoculated with that culture. Yep, yeah, they do a lot. Of, they rely a lot on blending, um, whereas this is just going to be a single. Um, uh, when we when we first got them, we were super gung ho about doing a wild fermentation, and uh, and then our friends over at Fair State and at uh, Wild Minds were like, "Whoa, dudes, pump the brakes! Uh, what if it's not the bacteria that you want in there, or if it doesn't have like a great flavor, then you're kind of sol." Yeah. Plus, plus, guys, we're you know we're we're doing sour stuff. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Something so pump you, the brakes. <laughs> you really wanna? Do you really wanna go down that road? And right. we're we're already doing that. <laughs> I, I I find their motivation suspect. John. Yeah, that's why they have shifty eyes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they steered us in the right direction. They're uh, they're good dudes. So how how long are you keeping um, beer in these uh, in these fooders for? Uh, well, these ones, um, you know, this one's four point three percent. So it's um, this one is a pretty quick turnaround. We're planning on doing a few other ones uh, with the with the temperature control. We're actually going to do a lager in mm-hmm. it. Uh, which is going to be pretty cool, um, sort of like a traditional like pilsner, um, but fermented in wood, um, which is going to be pretty sweet. Nice. It might not be. Might be amazing. What? <laughs> it's only twenty minutes. May. Yeah. No wonder you're. It hasn't sales. been open. <laughs> it hasn't been brewed yet, so I have no idea. So when I when I see most fooders, they're they're kind of stood up on end where you're looking at the the round side of the barrel and the flat yeah. part is sitting on the ground. Yep. I see the picture on on your website at modestbrewing.com, and these are kind of turned up on their side where mm-hmm. they're they're round and you're looking at the flat side as as you look at it. Yeah. Is there is there a reason for that? Why? I mean. Clearly, you're not doing the traditional, 
method here, right? But is mm-hmm. there a reason why you guys have the, the setup that's a little bit different than we'd normally see with these fooders? Yeah, so these are actually um, egg-shaped. Uh, it's a big brown egg instead of a gr- big green egg. Which is <laughs> <laughs> my favorite egg. Exactly. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, these um, With this, this shape, uh, it allows for a little bit more surface area. Um, Keegan, uh, our head brewer, would be able to talk a little bit uh, more uh, about that, but there's a little bit more uh, surface area and a little bit more um, micro oxidation that happens in this uh, in this shape, mm-hmm. um, but it's again a non-traditional uh, fooder shape. Usually they are tall cylinders or uh, horizontal uh, cylinders. So how long are you are you foreseeing being able to use these these fooders for? What's the lifespan of a vessel like this? Uh, with proper carry, we should be able to use it forever. Um, infinity, infinity, and beyond. Nice. Right? You should put a yeah. uh, Thanos on the side. Yes. Name. Snap. <laughs> right. You just call it Snap. Ah, yes. Snap. I'll run it up the flagpole when I get back to the brewery. <laughs> Walk us through the uh, the first beer that we're drinking here. That's come on this uh, this vessel. Sure. This one is uh, this one's aptly named uh, Fooder Sour Number One. Uh, it is a 4.3% kettle sour. Uh, it's brewed with um, passion fruit, raspberries, uh, a little bit of vanilla bean. So you get a little bit more on the aroma, at least I do anyway, a little bit more on the aroma rather than in the flavor. Um, and it's really, really smooth. Um, and then the second one we have, uh, the food or sour number two, um, it's another uh, 4.2%. Uh, and that one is uh, fermented with, I believe, let's see, mango, passion fruit, and pineapple juice. So uh, are these out right now? Are these on their way out? When can folks uh, get these, and how can they get their hands on them? Uh, they're only available in the tap room, uh, on tap, and in crowlers. We will be releasing uh, number two on Saturday morning, Saturday at eleven a.m. Morning. Saturday morning. Yeah. Saturday, this this coming Saturday. This coming Saturday. That'll be the twenty eighth. The twenty eighth. At what time? Uh, at noon. We open at noon. Excuse open me. at noon. All right. Yeah. Very good. Just make sure. Make sure everybody gets all the details. Oh yeah. Get get you some brunch. Oh yeah, you guys still have the uh, the food truck in. in Always business? have the curious goat. Oh, I, I, yep. Man, get if you if you go at noon on Saturday, get uh-huh. you some cheese curds. Yeah, their cheese curds are amazing. That's yeah. my recommendation. Yeah, they're incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beer, they're beer battered in Dreamyard. So, oh, man, so good. That could be one reason. So <laughs> why why are we here and not there? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why, Drew? <laughs> I offered. See, mm. what this is why we can't yeah. have nice things. Yeah, it's your fault, Schmitty. <laughs> Hey, uh, with that, we got to take a break. Um, (laughs) We'll be right back more with Modest on the Minnesota Beer Cast, presented by Freehouse Beer. Stephanie Shimp from Blue Plate Restaurants is here. Hey, Rosie. Hey, what a great time of year. Yeah, we jumped straight into summer, which for you means patio season. Time to grab some friends, family, or your favorite four-legged pal and head to the patio at the Freehouse. Yeah, try the steak and pierogies or a roto bird baguette. And sip on some Freehouse beer or some frozen rosé. Mm-hmm. Rosé? <laughs> it's patio season. So go see the gang at the Freehouse. In the North Loop or at FreehouseMPLS.com. Hit it! Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast. Presented by our friends from Freehouse Beer. It is patio season. It is summertime. Get out there. Enjoy the amazing patio at Freehouse in downtown Minneapolis or any of the great restaurants that serve Freehouse beer. I want to give a shout out to their breakfast, particularly their bacon. Yeah, we're going to be there on the uh, 31st. 
or uh, not on the 31st, but uh, the week of the 31st, right? We're gonna be I believe there. so. We're going to be there next Thursday. That's the plan. That is the plan. We're going to be uh, recording live. On location. <laughs> I'll walk over and harass you. <laughs> at Free House. <laughs> I believe next Thursday. So uh, keep an eye on your social media. Follow Minnesota Beercast on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. And we'll make sure we pump those details out for you. Yeah, if you like the show, share it with your friends. Give us a rating on uh, iTunes, wherever you catch the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, do that. Whatever he just said. Mm-hmm. It's too busy listening to Here Come the Hot Stepper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. (laughs) (laughs) So when we left off, we were talking with John from Modest Brewing. How are you doing, John? Excellent. Got some beers. We talked a little about the the new fooders you guys have doing some some fermentation in the wooden vessels. Uh, but you guys also have some fun collaborations going on. Walk us through, uh, walk us through those. Yeah. Um, so first we're doing, um, we're doing a collaboration with, uh, Dangerous Man, our buddies over there. Uh, we're bre- rebrewing, uh, the, um, the beer that we made last year with them, uh, called Lemon Grab. It's a pink lemonade IPA. Mm, and just to kick off good. summer, uh, or kick out summer for one last time. There you go. Yep. It's 5%. Uh, it's got, Let's see, citra hops, uh, and raspberry and lemon, lemon juice. It's gonna be amazing. Do uh, you get any? You guess I, I don't know. I ask this time every time we talk about a beer with fruit in it. But do mm-hmm. you get people who ah, I don't like fruit in my beer? It's ah, I only like beer without fruit because I'm yeah. I'm a man. I'm a man, man. Right? Yeah. Man. Those people <laughs> are dumb. Yeah, uh, it's it was definitely way more prevalent. You know, maybe like three, four years ago. Yeah. Um. But I haven't really heard much. No. Fruit and beer tastes good. I, I mean, I guess it all depends on your personal preference, yeah. right? But like, I don't have anything against any particular fruit. Mm-hmm. There's certain fruit I don't yeah. really like. Like, I don't know, oranges, I guess. I don't like oranges much. Hmm. But hmm. I'll certainly drink them. Throw them <laughs> in my beer. <laughs> and drank. You, you give me a good blood orange I guess, IPA. I guess yeah. it's kind of a challenge. What, yeah. what won't I drink if you throw it in a beer, if you look at it that way? <laughs> We can come up with a list. <laughs> it's only if they're ferment uh, if they're fermented with anything like uh, whatever. Right? Eat it. Eat it. Drink it. Get your vitamins. What's it like doing a collaboration? Uh, I guess particularly with uh, you know Dangerous Man or anybody else. Oh, they're the worst. <laughs> right, yeah, they're terrible people, especially uh, oh, you know, guys like oh, John Lyon. Oh man, and, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's a total pain. Yeah. Well, we have a real long history. Um, me, Keegan, uh, Kale, and Eric. We all have, we all kind of brewed together in other capacities in other places and came um, up came up together yeah exactly mm-hmm. uh we john and i used to work at midwest supplies we did a lot of home brewing um so it's more just like brewing with your buddies yeah you know when that when, when you do collaborations like that i mean typically like i don't know walk us through how does how does it start do you guys just are maybe having a having a couple beers together and and say you know it would be cool we try this try that or is there yeah. something a little bit more strategic behind it uh, you know how, what's the catalyst for a collaboration like that uh, we were just drinking beer. Uh, <laughs> we we were drinking That's over. Was it, was, it, yeah. was it at Grumpy's? It was. It's either it's one of three places: Grumpy's, our place, or their place. <laughs> um, <laughs> if it's our, if it's at our place or their place, it's usually like in the back, right? Several several pints in, and we're like, hey, remember lemon grab last year? It was super good. We should do that again. 
Okay. Sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah it's, it's all the more complicated exactly. it needs to be sometimes. Right. Just yeah. make sure somebody puts it on the brewing schedule and yeah, it's the, done. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the tricky part, yeah. <laughs> we uh, we tend to do things last minute or even 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 later than that. Right. <laughs> uh, kind of like the way we book this show sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Scrambling at like 8.30. Ooh, sure. Hey, what are you doing tomorrow, John? Drink a beer. Want to drink beer? Sure. What, uh, what other, do you have any other collaborations uh, in the works? Yeah, we're going to be uh, actually collaborating with our buddies over at Surly um, with uh, with Jared and Ben, or uh, Josh and Ben. Um, we brewed a uh, grapefruit rattler mm, um, nice. for the In Cahoots uh, Beer Festival that's on August 5th, uh, Sunday, August 5th, from 2 to 8 at the Red Stag Supper Club. I love Red Stag. I had not been there before, I guess it was I don't know, a couple of years ago from my wife's Christmas party, and mm-hmm. I had a heck of a good time there. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a nice spot. Yeah. I used to live around the corner from there, and it was quite dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if folks haven't been there, I should definitely go check them out. It's, it's definitely a lot of fun at the, mm-hmm. at the old Red Stag. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the things that you do have coming up that I wanted to talk about is you have a really fun event coming up uh next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh walk us through that event. Uh so next Saturday is um Crayfest at Smack Shack. Uh that's going to be uh from noon to 8. We've got a bunch of bands. There's going to be uh speaking of Minnesota beer, uh Viva Knievel, uh, the guys from Bauhaus. Mm-hmm. Um and then Appetite for Zicardi. Our old buddy Tony yeah. Zicardi is going to be playing some uh, GNR covers. Nice. It's be rad. I thought that band retired. Is I thought he, they did too. Is he bringing it back? Yeah, he's bringing yeah, he's going to bring it back for <laughs> for one one time uh, only. So is that this August time. August 4th? Uh yes, August 4th, uh 12 to 8 and uh tickets are still available. Uh, there's VIP tickets for fifty bucks, uh, and then there's uh, a general admission for thirty. So the bands are cool. Mm-hmm. I dig that, but I want to get to the other part of it, the food part of it. Yes. So walk us through what what this food extravaganza is. So it's going to be a uh, a crawfish boil. Um, nice. Yeah, just going to be a all you can eat, all you can drink. So all you can eat. Yep. All you can drink. Yep. Crawfish boil. Crawfish boil. How, how much does it cost for me to enter this contest? Because that's how I'm viewing this is as a contest. Ah, uh, the con. There is actually a, going to be a legitimate contest. Oh, it, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I I didn't know that, but it is. <laughs> uh, that'll be that'll actually be at three. Uh, if you want to be involved in that, that's going to be uh, three to four p.m. Uh, that's for the contest. You just show up and yeah. be like, I want to be in the contest. I mean, I've got my own set of rules, but I mean, I'm going to see how, how fiscally damaged you can all be when I'm done. But what are what but, are your yeah. rules for the contest? There, there are no rules. Don't stab people with the claws. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, all the information's on Eventbrite for for uh, for Crayfest. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be. A, it's. A, I was there last year and the year before, and that they're always a good time. You ever seen that so. episode of The Simpsons where he goes to the all you can eat seafood buffet? That's that's yes. what I'm envisioning. Yes. Yeah. I always just remember the uh, the butcher scene from that's my that's my go to Simpsons uh, reference. I'll pick that one. Arr, go home. We've got no more food left, but I'm still hungry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've actually I, I'm totally being facetious. I think Drew is going to go and and try to eat some some crawfish. I would yeah, I would very much like to. I can't. I, I would die. I'm allergic to shellfish. You are you are allergic. But is there, I, is there a crawfish? Aid or something like that. No, like I actually aid? I used to really really love shellfish until one day ah. <laughs> there was an incident, <laughs> so I can no longer like. Apparently, that's the thing with allergies that you can just one day. Yep, have yep. an. It's a so bizarre. It, mm-hmm. it's, it bizarre something. is one way of putting it. Yeah, 
Yeah. That was not a good day. Yep. <laughs> that, that, that was not a good day at all. You, one, one, one day crab legs at the old Chinese buffet, and that's oh. no, no more shellfish for old Schmitty. That's <laughs> Which sucks. Really, really sucks. But I tell you what, if I ever decide to end it, I'm going out with lobster. Your last meal on death row mm-hmm. going to be yeah. lobster. Well, why has it got to be death row? I'm just saying. Like last... Maybe I'm 99. I'm just well, I'm done. <laughs> I've lived a good life. Why has it got to be death row, John? <laughs> Man. I'm sorry. My brain it went took down. us to a yeah. dark, dark, a dark place. Corner. We know you well. <laughs> <laughs> One day, you know, you're just going to get so fed up with dirty tap lines. <laughs> you're just going to hey, snap. Gonna a... hey, that angers everybody. You're just going to snap. You're going to be at some, some crappy bar somewhere, and the tap lines are going to be filthy and, and you're gonna get all those gonna things, get a little yeah and then you're a little gonna, floaty in your modest <laughs> beer and you're gonna call me and, yeah you're gonna get a glass with all your lipstick stain on it oh dude that's so that's gross and, and, a, and a buttery popcorny beer yep. oh yeah and then you're just gonna snap and, and that's gonna be the end of it and then, <laughs> see it's already, it's already <laughs> happening <laughs> maybe yeah maybe i'm the only one that's noticed this but it's for the warm weather, it's lipstick, and then right into war- into cold weather, it's chapstick. Oh god, it's yeah. just, there's yeah, never-ending yeah, yeah. vicious cycle. It's oh, so <laughs> disgusting. Just live with cracked lips and bar, normal colored bar lips. Owners, what are you doing? Wash your glasses. Yeah, please, for the yeah. love of God, wash please. your glasses. Wash them good for beer drinkers. Oh, please. Oh, All right, give out the details for uh, for Crayfest one more time. Where people can, where can people find out more information and uh, and all the uh, all the relevant info? Uh, yeah, it's on Eventbrite. Uh, it's August, uh, excuse me, August fourth, noon to eight. Um, yeah, tickets are on Eventbrite. There's uh, thirty dollar uh, thirty dollar tickets, and then general mission, and then uh, the VIP uh, fifty dollars, where you can get all you can eat. And okay. and if you want to enter the contest, uh, that would be at uh, three. Uh, three fifteen. Okay. Well, what is the? Seven. I mean, what is the? How does the contest work? Is it a time limit? Is it how many? How many you can eat in a certain amount of time? Or I believe it's a time time limit. Yeah. I have not participated because I am not confident in my. Is it if uh, you enter the contest, do you have to? Yeah, crack them and peel them and eat them, or yes, oh, can so you have an assistant. Voice. See, I'm terrible at that. That's oh, if there's an assistant, I'd totally yeah. be in. You've got kids, right? I mean, I'd bring them along. It's like it's like having a farm. I mean, yeah. you mean free labor. Yeah. yeah, you do have to have very nimble fingers. That's true. Yeah, I'm sloppy at it. I'm sloppy. I'm not quick. That's why you're yeah. not a surgeon. Just the fine motor skills <laughs> that are just not and your... the lack of medical school. Well, that well. I mean, that mm. was. Suppose. I tried. Yeah. And they were like, "No, please don't operate." You got to be licensed. Just take the leg. Just take the leg, man. <laughs> it's not for a lack of effort on my part, Schmitty. A hacksaw is not the best. What do you tool. think this is? A civil war? <laughs> uh, we are uh, up uh, up uh, against a break here. Anything else you want to plug before we uh, let you go, John? Um, any other any other cool things coming up? Releases you want to you want to mention? Anything else? Um, the the two collaborations, the two fooders, uh, sours. Uh, we've got um, more shooks coming down the line. Uh, What's one the next one. Tease it. Uh, it's going to come back with pineapple. There you go. Nice. Yeah. All right, John from Modest. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. All right, coming up in the next couple segments, uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take you around on on my little road trip. We're gonna stop in uh, Fountain, Minnesota, and talk to the folks from Karst, and then we're gonna head over to Wisconsin for Maiden Rock Cidery. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Minnesota Beercast, presented by our friends over at Freehouse Beer. Go to uh, any of the fine establishments that serve Freehouse Beer. We will be at the Freehouse in downtown Minneapolis next week. 
Yeah, man. I uh, I was at Groveland Tap and recorded uh, a couple weeks ago over there. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. What's the last week? Uh, my my days run together. Yeah, but. Uh, it was great. After we recorded, my wife and kid came and joined me. I uh, had some dinner there. Had myself a, a Juicy Lucy. It was great. Went back the next day for the pig roast. Yeah. yeah. I wish I would have gone back the next day. You should have. Everybody should have been I there. know. I know. It was... I Man, they gave me a, a, the platter, and I had enough for like leftover for dinner and, <laughs> and for snackings about 1 o'clock in the morning. It was... It was so good. So for this segment of the Minnesota BeerCast, we're going to take you on the road with me. I did a little road trip around the 4th of July, and one of the stops I made was in Fountain, Minnesota. You ever heard of Fountain, Minnesota? I cannot say that I have. It's small. Yeah? It's small. It's, a it's about fountain. the size of a fountain. It's not a big fountain. Yeah, it's like a water fountain. Hmm. Um, in a Fountain, Minnesota. And uh, they have a nice little tap room there, a cute, nice little tap room there. The uh, Karst Brewing, K-A-R-S-T. And uh, bring you the interview I recorded with the fine folks, Karst Brewing in Fountain, Minnesota. All right, so as part of my Minnesota road trip, we stopped in uh, Fountain, Minnesota, and uh, popped into Karst Brewing. That's K-A-R-S-T. RST Brewing, and I'm chatting with uh, Eric. You are the owner. That's right, uh, Eric Luma. Thank you, and Sandy, my wife Sandy, as well, is, is also the owner. Two of us. Yep. All right, Eric and Sandy. You guys started Karst Brewing about a year ago. Is that right? Yeah, we opened up Memorial Day weekend, 2017, and then we there was a sneak peek opening, and then we were we took a weekend off to get caught up in brewing because we only had three tanks at the time and only two beers. <laughs> And uh, and people drink a lot of it Memorial Day weekend. So so then uh, so then yeah so yeah about, about a year now. Yeah. This is kind of the epitome of the uh, concept of having a neighborhood tap room. You know, a little community tap room, Fountain, Minnesota. It's a small town. Uh, you guys have what three tanks? Yeah. So actually, we've got we 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 started out with three serving tanks, and that's what we served our beer out of. However, in January. We uh, we closed up for three weeks to take a vacation, but also we built a walk-in cooler just outside the building. So now we ta- we uh, have a trunk line that brings in six six taps. So we have six beers. Um, we keg everything off now. So now the challenge is kind of to keep up with the, the with the fermentation space and you know, keep up with the production. But how has uh, how's the idea of a craft brewery been received in in Fountain, Minnesota? I mean, I'm, we pulled up and the place is packed. The patio is packed. It looks like everybody's having a good time. Have you been? Has the community been pretty receptive? Community's been great. Um, receptive. They they like the idea of it. There's a lot of newcomers that have really enjoyed uh, t- tasting new things, and then there's also uh, people that have been in the craft beer a long time and, and like have some, having something closer. And then. Then we also have a lot of tourists that come through Fountain. Um, there's, uh, it's like us. Yeah, like you guys. Yeah, exactly. We got campers and people that go canoeing and kayaking, and you know, uh, and it's right on Highway 52. We're right, we're almost midway between Rochester and Decorah, which are kind of becoming. Decorah is a beer destination now, and yeah. Rochester's going to get there, I think. So, so yeah, it's great. You've got a, um, I'm looking at your tap list here, you've got a couple different IPAs, a rye IPA and a traditional IPA, uh, oatmeal stout, cream ale, a smoked red, I've got questions about that, we'll get to yeah, in just yeah. a moment, I haven't tried it yet, and a Saison. Uh, one thing that, you know, comes up often when we talk to people that have opened up tap rooms and, uh, and, and breweries in, in more rural areas is that education of the consumer. 
you, you know, you open up and you get a lot of people that come in and, and they don't quite know what the styles are and they, yep. they just want like a light beer, something they're used to drinking. Has that been something that has been a process for you? How has that been here? Yeah, exactly. So there, there are a lot of people that'll, that'll come in and say, what's the lightest thing you have? And, and I'll have them taste that, but then I'll, I'll, I'll ask, sometimes what I'll do is ask what else they drink that's not beer and kind of get an idea how, how, how uh, adventurous they are and then maybe pick something that I think they might grow into or like and, and that works out pretty well. Ember Waves, and we could talk more about that, like you said, is, is sort of that next step up for a lot of people. Yeah. And um, so it's been fun, actually. It's been fun to see some, even some of our relatives that I never thought would, <laughs> would like the beer have really... <laughs> have really embraced it and really started liking it so that's that's great yeah i'm drinking your uh, your cream ale right now and it's it's fantastic uh we tried your ipas uh before this interview both really good i like the rye ipa quite a bit um but this cream ale seems like it's a it's a good sort of gateway yep. type beer for yep. someone who's you know used to drinking the macros used to just going to the bar and ordering yeah. whatever whatever light is on tap is has has the cream ale been pretty well received? By yeah, I would. That's definitely our number one seller. It outsells everything else for sure. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, cream ales. They, I think they were created to, to compete with lagers. You know, in the, in the early early part of the 20th century, is what I've read. I'm not sure if that's correct or not, but but yeah, it, it's that's sort of its purpose. We started out with the cream ale, the amber waves, and the rye that you had to try to. We only had three beers for, for most of the first year, <laughs> right. but we try to get both ends of the spectrum and something in the middle. And, yeah, what, yes. What's your background? What 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 prompted you to uh, to open up Karst Brewing in, in Fountain, Minnesota? Well, you got to be a little bit crazy. I mean, I think that's 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 a, that is a prerequisite to open up a brewery. You got to be a little bit crazy. <laughs> but I home brewed uh, and I enjoy the creativity of it. I think uh, I think a lot of brewers are in science and engineering. Um, I was a bio, you know, I studied biology as an undergraduate. I, I've been in the medical diagnostics equipment on a service side. I've been in, in that industry on a service side. So the, the technical aspects, problem solving, and serving people in, in from that service side of. of uh, diagnostics equipment it gets me in the right mindset and then Sandy as a librarian is you know, serving and helping people as well but then as far as the beer part of it that was the home brewing it was a hobby that that uh, yeah that got got a little crazy <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. and you uh, you decided to, uh, to to just move back to fountain and Saw an opportunity here to, to serve the community. Yeah, yeah. So we we uh, we uh, grew up in this area and went to high school in Chatfield, which is the town just north. Um, but we've been gone. We were gone for 25 years. Raised our kids in Watertown on the west side of the Twin Cities, and uh, but we still had family down here, and so we were aware of the area, and we became aware that this building, which we could acquire for almost nothing because it was in poor shape, and it was a it was a doable project for me. Uh, we we rehabbed it ourselves for the most part. I mean, we hired a few things done, obviously electricians and and, and uh, the the plumbing. We got to have that yeah. hired done. But other than that, we pretty much gutted it and rehabbed it ourselves. 
and and that allowed you did us, a wonderful job. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it allowed us some time to think about what do we want to do. I mean, for a while we thought if we can't do the brewery, well, we can make it just into a little cabin or something for this part of the state because it is you know people come down here in the summer and to experience the trout streams and the river and stuff and the bike trails. So, but. We, we just kept at it, and we got a brewery out of it. We crammed it in here. It's, tight, it's a tight squeeze. But. So you've been open about a year. What's uh, what's the biggest, what's the most important thing that you've learned that you weren't aware of? You know, like, what, what, like something that surprised you uh, that you've learned over the course of the last year being open? Uh, well... It's hard, <laughs> but I knew it was going to be. But it, you're still, you're still never quite prepared for everything. You know, there's, there's, you just have to be open to the fact that there's, you don't know what you don't know, and there's going to be a, quite a few things that you don't know, and you're going to run into them, and you just have to get through those obstacles. And and you know, there's financial obstacles, there's regulatory obstacles that that really aren't if you. If you knew they're there, there don't have to be obstacles. But if if you if you don't know they're there, it's going to be a problem. That type of thing. That's the, yeah. That's one yeah. thing that I that we hear a lot of yeah. uh, from from people that are opening up is the the government uh, you know hurdles that get sort of put in front of you. Yeah. You don't always know what to expect, and they kind of come at you from left field. Well, they can now. I I have to I have to admit I think the the people that I've worked with in the state of Minnesota have been have been very helpful. And uh, when I ask for information, they 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 uh, they're really forthright and give that to me. So it's I don't want to get an anti-government tirade. We have too much <laughs> of that going on in the world right now. But but it's it, it's starting up a business and there is with a especially something that is regulated, which alcohol is, and something that requires a huge amount of capital expenditure. It's it's going to be tricky. So, I think what's encouraging there, though, is that a lot of these obstacles have been taken down where it makes sense to take it down. You know, the Surly Law, I mean, look at that. Uh, yeah. cert- we have a lot to credit Surly for for taking, for really creating, helping create this industry. And a little, there's a little bit here and there where it makes sense. So, but yeah, that doesn't make that doesn't mean it's easy. And that's <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of the idea. It's like, oh yeah, I can do this now. And like, well, well, you can, but it's going to be hard. Any uh, any plans for expansion or growth, or are you looking to just be sort of a community tap room, a community brewery for the Fountain area, or you know, might we uh, might we see Karst offered? Uh, you know, as we get a, get a little closer to the Twin Cities area. Well, I could answer both that both ways. Yes, no. Yes, yes, no, no. Something like that. What? But really, what we're we're not sure. We're we're going to kind of play it by ear. Um, we're you know, Sandy and I are in our fifties. Um, I I had a you know we had really good investors before. And that was my current my pr- previous employer. <laughs> so so we're we're trying to. We're trying to do it ourselves, at a, keep it at a small scale so we can just kind of own us and do it ourselves and, and go at the pace that we feel comfortable with. But we have, we do have ideas. We do have ideas for expanding. I mean, this is a tight space, you know, uh, so it would be nice to be a little bit bigger. But it's also what what draws people here, too, because it's cozy. It's, it's like you're having a beer on a, on a neighbor's patio or at their kitchen table, yeah, and, and people like that. So we don't want to lose that. 
Yeah. So I don't really have an answer yet, but we're certainly is definitely on the forefront of our mind what's what the next step is going to be, and I think I think that's where we just have to be patient and make sure we steady as she goes you yeah. know you focus on what you're doing right and then well it looks like you've got a, a real nice foundation to to start off with i see a lot of a lot of happy customers a lot of people that are having a good time and and i've tried several of your beers and and enjoyed every single one so right. that's a great place to start that's a great place to be and 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 good luck for wherever you go from here thank you very much all right awesome. thanks. thanks for coming too yeah thanks for making some time for us good chatting with you all right all right thanks. take care All right, final segment of the Minnesota Beer Cast presented by Freehouse Beer. Coming up next, Stephanie Shimp from Blue Plate Restaurants is here. Hey, Rosie. Hey, what a great time of year. Yeah, we jumped straight into summer, which for you means patio season. Time to grab some friends, family, or your favorite four-legged pal and head to the patio at the Freehouse. Yeah, try the steak and pierogies or a roto bird baguette. And sip on some Freehouse beer or some frozen rosé. Mm, rosé? <laughs> it's patio season. So go see the gang at the Freehouse. In the North Loop or at FreehouseMPLS.com. Final segment of the Minnesota Beer Cast for this week. I want to thank you all for spending some time with us. I want to thank everybody who has followed us on Twitter or liked our Facebook page, who shared the show with their friends. Make sure to download the iHeartRadio app. Follow us. Follow the show on there. You can hit follow, and you'll get notifications every time we post up new episodes. Works out great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So for the uh, final segment here in the uh, in continuing on my uh, on my little road trip, uh, we dipped into Wisconsin. Must have been a Sunday. It was a Monday. Oh, see, see, here's the problem. We were we had we had an agenda, <laughs> but what we didn't factor into that agenda is how many tap rooms are closed you on Mondays. Poorly planned agenda. Yeah. Well, no. It, shut up. It was fine. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my fault. They were tap rooms close on Mondays. <laughs> um, I would do such a thing. <laughs> so we didn't factor that that in. So we dipped over into Wisconsin, a adorable little town called Stockholm, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Population like four. <laughs> it was tiny, uh, but you it's go smaller than Fountain. You go, yes, it was smaller than Fountain. Okay, you go drive up this windy mountain road, really, really, really gorgeous drive. You end up at Maiden Rock Cidery. Uh, they've been around a while, and you can even get some of their stuff here in Minnesota. Uh, they're a, uh, a fairly well-known cidery, I think, in the in the cidery world. Fantastic ciders, all right, just off the charts good. And, uh, and I grabbed one of the owners and had a quick chat with her. So here is that interview. All right, so our Minnesota road trip has uh, has, has ventured over into Wisconsin, and uh, we uh, found ourselves at Maiden Rock Winery and Cidery, which not even sure like uh, what town I'm in. I'm here with Carol, the owner. So, what what what, uh, what municipality is this officially a part of? We're technically part of the township of Stockholm, but the name comes from the fact that we are immediately behind the rock itself, Maiden Rock, which is the highest uh, bluff on the long upper Mississippi. Okay. Well, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous area, gorgeous part of the country. It's a really pretty drive to get here. I'm glad we uh, glad we kind of went out of our way to uh, to head over here. And we've been sampling some of your ciders, and uh, and we'll we'll get to those. We'll let you talk about those in just a moment. But first, give us the background of uh, of Maiden Rock Winery and Cidery. How long have you been open, and how did this sort of come into come into being? 
Sure. Well, we started um, initially, my husband had wanted to have an uh, apple orchard for retirement, and we looked, we wanted to have some space somewhere along an, a river, and found this piece of land, and started putting trees in in 2000, um, decided we wanted to do cider, so we started also putting in English varieties of apples, and then opened as an orchard in 2002, selling a few apples at that point, but then, and by 2008, we had enough that we were able to do the ciders. And so at this point, we have about, not that many acres, about 11 acres, 10 acres of apples, but it includes about 5,000 trees, about 30 varieties of those being some of the English varieties of apples for the ciders. How much cider do you produce in a year on average? Right now, we're about at the 20,000 gallon mark. Okay. Uh, we do one of our ciders in particular, the Honeycrisp Hard, um, is quite popular in the Twin Cities and goes into a lot of the, uh, it gets kegged and goes into a lot of restaurants and pubs there. That was going to be my next question, is like where can people uh, find and access your, uh, your ciders besides obviously making the gorgeous drive out to Stockholm and visiting this amazing property? Well, we have two ciders that go into the Twin City area primarily, that being the Honeycrisp part, the other being the Scrumpy, which is a little bit drier, um, English farmhouse style cider. The rest, um, there are the Krabby, we distribute just in Wisconsin, and then the, <laughs> the still ciders that we do, um, and the one, our bitter love, are we do just as, as far as sales come out just here, because we don't have a quantity we can really distribute. That was, uh, you, you said you started, you planted your first trees in 2000, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, well before even the, 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 the craft beer industry. When you think about, you know, the microbrews and the expansion of the craft beer industry, mm -hmm. uh, before that had even really started, much less the cider industry. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was had to be kind of, did, did you just think this was going to be a sort of labor of love, a passion mm -hmm. project? Mm -hmm. are, you, are you surprised at where the cider industry is now? All of the yes to all the above. <laughs> um, we started out because we had known ciders from living, spending some time in Europe, living there a bit, and also because when we first started trying to market that we we're going to have an orchard here, I had a store in Stockholm and was at that point selling some of the ciders that were on the market. Quickly learned that people knew nothing about cider. And so we wanted to do some teaching. And initially our plan had been that we would make enough cider that we would have it here in the fall when people came to get their apples. We would kind of do some teaching and let them sample what that was like. <clears throat> Excuse me. What happened um, then was that people, um, including a, a fair number of people from the metro area, found us and liked our ciders. And so it quickly went from being just a fall issue to a 12-month-a-year issue. So we're doing it all the time now. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations. I mean, you, uh, I've, I've sampled a few of your ciders, a little bit of your wine, and it's, it's amazing. Um, talk a little bit about, well, the first one that I sampled, Kingston Black, uh, absolutely blew me away. T tell us a little bit about that one. Well, the Kingston Black is unique in that um, it is done with just that apple, which most people are not even aware of. It is one of those uh, English apples that we raise. Um, it of itself is called a bitter sharp and coming off the tree, not a very nice apple to eat, uh, <laughs> or even look at for that matter. And uh, we ferment it very slowly, uh, let it develop very slowly, 
about a year's process for us from start to finish in terms of um, going from crush to to uh, bottling. So it's unique in that it's one of, considered one of the best cider apples grown in the UK and grown. It's one of the largest grown in terms of numbers in the UK also primarily in the Somerset region of the country. Um, but it makes very interesting cider. Why, maybe, maybe you can explain, why is it that it seems like some of the better ciders are made with rather distasteful apples? Well, those distasteful apples have tannins in them. And okay. the apples that you want to eat do not have tannins in them. So like a Honeycrisp or a, a Macintosh or... Mm -hmm. Cortland, any of those, they're great eating apples, but they're not great cider apples because they don't contain those tannins, which lend itself to much more interesting flavors, much more complex flavors, and that's why you want those. But you gotta, you got to mash them to get those flavors out. Well, you do have to crush, you know. <laughs> that is part of the process. But for us, it's a real important part of the process that we can go right from the field to crushing the apples and immediately begin making the ciders. And it makes it much more, well, it's a very artisanal format. Um, makes for a very fresh taste, I think. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, this might be a question born out of ignorance. I admittedly don't know a lot about the, the cider world. But uh, with, with, with the beer world, you've got a lot of homebrewers, a lot of people that make beer at home as a hobby it's very it's very easy to do it's very easy to get the ingredients and, and, and the equipment necessary to do that is that something that is common in the cider world or is it something that could be uh, a more more common more feasible in the cider world or is the equipment and processes just not really conducive to doing it at home as a hobby um, no, it's pretty easy to do just, I mean, you would do it just as you're making a wine because, you know, cider being a form of wine. Okay. Um, that isn't the difficult part. But I think for most people what's difficult is that to best make the best cider, you need to start out with an unpasteurized juice. And because of the a lot of the state laws nowadays, you can't buy unpasteurized juice. And that's the difficulty most home cider makers have. Okay. They, they use concentrate or they'll get some of the jugs out of the store. It's quite a, it lends itself to quite a different flavor that way. Okay. Well, Carol uh, from Maiden Rock uh, Winery and Cidery, again, Stockholm, Wisconsin, uh, definitely worth the drive uh, out here. It's, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous drive, and it's an amazing place, and ciders are delicious. Thank you so much for hosting us and, uh, and, and giving me a few minutes. Sure, thank you. Thank you for finding us. Do you, do you have like a website, anything you want to promote and, and direct sure. people to to find out more? Um, we do have a website. It's just uh, Maiden Rock Apples Winery and Cidery, a long one, <laughs> dot com. Um, but we do list on there all our ciders. Uh, we do um, some selling of those. It depends upon where you are, of course, whether or not we can mail them to you. Uh, we also have a list on there of a lot of the apples that we have so that you can look at that. And I should just add, though many people are frustrated with that, we do not sell any of our cider juice to people um, be because we need it all ourselves. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. That's a very good reason. That is a legitimate and good reason. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. And that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast. Thanks to John from Modest. Thanks to my co-host Schmitty. Thanks to all of you out there listening. Thank you to the Freehouse for sponsoring the show. Absolutely. And if you are listening, go to the Freehouse and you thank them 
for sponsoring the show. They want to hear from you. All right, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Sam. Cheers.